Well, good morning, everyone. What fall weather we have this morning, huh? It is awesome. I absolutely love this weather. Hey, turn to someone around you and say, I'm so glad to see you this morning. And turn to someone else and say, I guess I'm glad to see you too. <laughs> well, thanks for coming this morning and worshiping with us. My name is Ryan, and I'm our lead pastor here at Radiant Life, and we've got like standing room right now, and it's just God's good, and he's moving, and we're going to unpack a four-part series titled Toxic Church Religiously Transmitted Diseases. And what I want to ask, the, or I, I want to start this way. I often get asked what I do for a living, probably like many of you, if you are meeting someone for the first time, it's, that's the question we get, right? Outside of how are you doing, what do you do for a living? And normally, I always respond, well, I'm a pastor of a church. And normally what happens is that conversation goes in two directions. First direction is you get that super hyper spiritual person and as soon as I tell them I'm a pastor, they say, oh, glory to God, praise Jesus, hallelujah, Brother Ryan. And I'm like, yeah, yeah high five, man. We're on the same team. Or I get that every so often, that non-Christian. And the plane and the conversation plane just goes, I was in a conversation with a gentleman, and he says, what do you, what do, you do for a living? I said, well, I'm a pastor of a church. And he says, well, I don't like religion, and I don't like religious people. And I said, me too. I don't, I don't care for religion. I, I don't really like religious people sometimes. And he, he looks at me. He's like, well, how can you be a pastor then? And that's what this series is about. It's about things that not radiant life, not just Radiant Life, not just churches in our community, but the worldwide Christian church, we've put things into the church and into our lives that makes it very toxic for outsiders. We have. And I can't imagine Jesus being happy and God saying, great, you've added extra things. Why are you making it difficult for people who are lost that don't know me to come into a relationship? And that's what we're going to talk about. I want to define what toxic is first. Because we've added toxic things within the church. Here's the definition of toxic. Anything containing a poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. Now, within the church, I think there's some spiritual sickness. Things that we're going to unpack, and I'm going to set a foundation for us this morning. And then next week, we're going to look at hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the number one reason why outsiders don't walk into the, our doors. Because they say, Christians, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Maybe you've heard that. Week two, we're going to talk about having a judgmental spirit. We are so good at judging others. And the outsiders who don't know Jesus say, I don't ever want to go through those doors because they're, they're going to judge me because I'm not like them. And we've added these tox toxic spiritual sicknesses within the church. And week, the final week 
is I hope you're here for the final week because I want to set, through the Holy Spirit, set you on fire for who Jesus is. And we're talking about spiritual indifference. See, the outside world is craving for us to live transformed lives. They're craving it. And the problem is, for some of us, we are so passive. Listen to me. Oh, man, I'm getting on fire already. Here we go. All right. I only had one cup of coffee all morning. Like, this is not coffee. This is God, okay? All right. Here we go. God, if you follow Jesus, God's plan was never for you to sit on the sidelines. His plan was for all of us to be in the game. We have way too many people who follow Jesus on the sidelines. I got my fireproof insurance. I'm good. I don't care if the rest of the, my neighborhood's going to hell. You got to get on fire for the mission of Jesus because heaven and hell are realities. Am I preaching to anyone this morning? Come on. We have made it toxic for outsiders to come in, whether we've meant to or not. And that's what this series is all about. In fact, Paul, the guy who wrote two-thirds of our Newer Testament, went and hated Jesus, fell in love with Jesus, and became a church planner. And in his missionary work, what Paul would do is he would go into a city and make people fall in love with Jesus. He would raise up leaders and then empower them and start a church. And then he would go and leave and do it, do it again in another city. And in that time, he's writing letters to the cities when he's beginning to understand that, hey, there's, there's some issues in that church that I started. And in the Newer Testament, we have the book called Galatians. He wrote the letter of, Galatia, of Galatians to the church in Galatia. And he started this. And here's what he's getting wind about the church that he started. There's this group of people known as Judaizers. Let me hear you say Judaizers. Judaizers were a group of people that were very religious, Old Testament law. You got to follow everything. And they began to creep into the church in Galatia. And now all of a sudden they're saying, hey, you guys are doing well, but you're missing one thing. In order to be right with God, men, you got to be circumcised. You got to obey the full Jewish law. Can you imagine the tension there for those dudes? Like, we want people saved, right? We want people to experience Jesus. And, and if I say, hey, let's say this prayer quietly, and you, you give your heart to God, and I said, all right, guys, raise your hand if you did it. And people are like, I'm changed by Jesus. Like, yes. And we say, Pastor Brandon's right here with the scalpel. Make your way forward. You would see guys going, I no, I'm good. <laughs> no, thank you. And that's what's happening in the church. They're trying to put this thing and begin to twist what Jesus had in mind. And Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. Look what Paul says. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidentially, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. That word there, pervert, literally means to pervert, to poison. It's toxic. 
And there are things that are coming in this church that Paul's getting wind of saying, you guys are poisoning the message of Jesus. Because Jesus died for all, the circumcised and the uncircumcised. He died for everyone. But a group of people said, nope, we got to put some restrictions on it and follow the Old Testament law even tighter. And Paul said, no, 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 no. You're absolutely toxic and perverting and poisoning the message of Jesus. And we've done the same. The Christian church around the world has done the same. We've done it with hypocrisy. We've done it with being judgmental people. And we've done it with when we are spiritually indifferent and the world is craving to see some difference. Here's what I believe. That God, and I tell these people when, when I meet a non-Christian and they're, they're shocked that I don't like religious people. <sighs> Forgive me for saying that. You'll get my heart here in a minute. That God didn't send his son, Jesus, to bore the penalty of sin for you and for I, to bleed to death, to get on that cross and die and rise again three, three days later to start a religion. No, God sent Jesus to make us free and transformed. And that's what the world is craving. But we made it toxic in many cases to outsiders. So if you're a note taker this morning, here's the first thing that as we lay this foundation for the next three weeks, the first thing, that perhaps you and I have done is this thing called spiritual pride or spiritual arrogance. We're going to look at a story that Jesus has in the book of Luke. So if you've got your Bible with, with you or your tablet or your phone, turn with me to the Newer Testament and it'll be on the screens for us if you don't have it. Luke chapter 18. We're going to begin in verse 9. Luke chapter 18 verse 9. Just to think of, think about two-thirds of your way through your Bible, you're going to get four guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who write about the life of Jesus, and Luke is one of them, and Luke's a physician, he's a doctor, so he's very, he's a very detailed oriented writer, and we have it, and we're going to pick up the story that is so awesome from Jesus, and it would probably be absolutely shocking to his hearers as he begins to preach this message. Luke chapter 18 Verse 9 begins this way. To some who are confident of their own righteousness, just being proud, being just be able to puff up your chest, that arrogance, and look down on everyone else, Jesus told his what? Whoop, his what? Parable. Now, what is a parable? It's just, it's just a story. That's the way Jesus taught often is, is through story. And he used common culture around to create stories. I often say in our world today, I think our parables are books and movies where we can all come together and see the same thing and understand it. So Jesus is going to do this story and his audience is going to be like, all right, all right, we see where you're going, Jesus, we see it. And he begins this way in verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a what? What's this word? Pharisee and the other a what? Tax collector. So immediately Jesus is pitting a Pharisee against a tax collector. What do we know? Because again, Jesus' audience is going to understand this. A Pharisee is, is like the, a present-day pastor, right? That's what they did. So you've got the religious person and the tax collector, who's the group that the Jews despised. They were the sinners. They were the evil people. 
So here Jesus has the religious, the Pharisees, and the sinners and the outcasts, the tax collectors, and he's pitting those two against one another. And I imagine the crowd sitting there going, the religious guy's going to win. The religious guy's going to beat the tax collector. Here's what Jesus says. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. Here's what he said. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, Michigan State fans, adult... <laughs> we only got a short period we can pick on each other, okay? We only got a couple months, so... Hey, I'm not like those people. I'm not like robbers. I'm not like evildoers. I'm not like adulterers or even like this tax collector, this sinner. Look, God, I, I do what? I fast twice a week. I give up my meal. I give up my water to be with you. And look what else I do. And give a tenth of all I get. God, look at me. I'm not like those people. I don't steal I don't cheat on people, I don't do evil, and on top of that, man, God, I fast, I do what you've called me to do, I even give a tenth. I don't give a ninth or an eighth or a sixth, I, I give the whole tenth, I give it. And then Jesus goes on and says, but the tax collector, that social outcast, the sinner that everyone despised, stood at a distance, and he would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said, God, have what, friends? Have mercy on me, a what, friends? A sinner. And so here we get this picture of spiritual pride. You've got the Pharisee, the religious over here that says, I'm, I'm not like anyone else. I'm better than all of them. I'm not like them. I don't do those bad things. This is what I do. You've got that side, and then you have the most despised person of Jesus' time standing here going, you know what, God? I'm broken. I need your mercy, and I need your grace because I'm a sinner. And Jesus says, and he's going to say, and we're going to unpack it even more, he's going to say, hey, what one do you think is justified? What one do you think is right? But immediately in the story, we see that there's spiritual arrogance or spiritual pride with the religious person. So if you're a note taker, I got two things under spiritual pride I want you to write down. Two things. That when spiritual pride or arrogance creeps into our lives as followers of Jesus, here's what happens. We'll make the external greater than the internal. We'll make the external greater than the internal. It's the outward expression rather than an inward transformation. We do this all the time. We look at how people are dressed, right? Back in the day, think of church. You had to wear your, we called it, we had a word for it. Our Sunday what? Best. We made it all about the outward, yet you can wear your Sunday best and feel like crap inside. What do you think Jesus is more concerned about, your Sunday best or your heart? And we do the exact same thing. Oh, they wear a hat on the stage. Oh, heaven forbid. How's his heart doing? Oh, I don't like the tattoos on them. Oh, heaven forbid. That's in the book of Leviticus. And you know what also it says? In the same exact paragraph, women don't cut your hair. We don't pick that out, do we? But you put a tattoo on you. Outward. What about the guy of the woman's heart? 
come on, we make it about outward stuff instead of inward stuff. And then the religious person's over here sitting there going, yep, look at me, I'm good, God, look at all I did. I'm not like, I, see, I don't steal, I don't cheat on my spouse, I don't do those things. Look how good I am. And this, when we begin to do this, what we do is we turn our faith into a list of do's and don'ts. We do. It's, it's, it looks, you got to look the right way. I get it all the time. And I, I know I've told you guys this, right? I don't look like a pastor. What do you want me to do? You, all right, I don't want you know, all the way up and get me a collar or something, priestly collar. What do, you, what do you want me to do? Why do I dress this way? Because I want people who don't know Jesus Christ to come in and feel welcome and warm here at Radiant Life. You can wear your Sunday best. Praise God you're wearing your Sunday best. And praise God you look like horrible, like you just got out of the garden at your house. We can have you both worshiping the same God. Woo! Someone's on fire this morning. I'm sweating. Anyone else sweating? We made it toxic, friends. We made it toxic. Don't focus. Do you think, oh, okay. I need, I need, <laughs> hey, turn to your neighbor and say, focus on the inside. Wow, because the Pharisees walked around with their 613 laws because they tried, we've got the Ten Commandments, call them the Big Ten, right? But they tried to take the Ten Commandments and made sure you did not sin and made 613 laws just to make sure you don't sin. They went around and just made it a do's and don'ts. Do's and don'ts, do's and don'ts. And here Jesus in front of a very Jewish crowd is pitting the religious against the, the sinner. And he's saying, don't do that. Stop. You're, don't be like that guy. Can I just say this? And you see the stage is different because we're getting ready for the come alive. You're going to start to see more um, stage designs and differences just to prep us to the expansion of our worship center and our sanctuary. Can I just say one thing? This place is not holy. It's holy because the presence of God dwells in you as a believer of Jesus, and that makes this place holy because of what we do. We can take this and go to Five Lakes and make it holy. We can take this and go to the bar and make it holy, and they need it. It doesn't matter. It's not these walls. It's here. It's the Holy Spirit, the presence of God living within us that makes what we do holy. So if you ask, Pastor, I don't like that they're wearing a hat. I don't like that those jeans are ripped up. How about their heart? You think Jesus is sitting there going, oh, you wore those jeans today. I'm not happy. Oh, he wore that hat again. I'm not happy. Oh, she got a new tattoo. Oh, I'm not happy. No, Jesus is sitting there going, I, I, can't, I can't. Is their heart broken? What addictions are they struggling with that they need me just to get in their heart and just say, I need to pull that out of you because you don't look like me yet. And we focus on the external, the outside, rather than the internal, the inside, the heart. And that's why people, I, I, I'm going to share this. I had, I, when I was at my other church, let's see, it was that way, up in the Grand Rapids area. Uh, my uncle just lived like seven, eight miles away. And uh, you know one of the reasons why he couldn't come to church because he said he didn't have good, I think it was good shoes. Do you see what outsiders are saying about the church? I, I, what, uh, I, I just have these clothes. Are they going to accept me when I walk through the doors? I, I, 
do I have to cover up my tattoos? No, you know what we say? Hey, you're a sinner and I'm a sinner. Welcome to Radiant Life. And I want to introduce you to Jesus who can change you. That's what we say. Here's the second thing. If you're taking notes, let's not turn people away from God. Because then we're the sinner. We're the greater sinner. Here's the second thing. When we have a lot of spiritual pride or arrogance into our lives, we want to be right. Or being right is greater than being loving. Don't we love to be right? Raise your hand if you want to be right. Yeah, the rest of you are lying right now. We all want to be right. Every hand should have been up. We love to out-argue people. We love to show people when they're wrong. We get more upset when we're wrong than if we love them well. And you know what we'll do? We'll use the Bible as a weapon instead of using God's word to draw people to him. And we'll throw the Bible in their face and say, hey, this is where you're wrong. And what did Jesus say? How will they know you're my disciples? It's by your what, if you know it? It's by your love. It's by your love. It's not that you can go out on the street corner and argue theology. It's not that you can go out on the street corner and understand eschatology. Some of you are like, what is in the world is that? Study of end times. How well are you loving people? Oh, you vote for the other political party than me? I thought Christians were only supposed to be one political party. How about we just love them well because Jesus is on the throne and no matter who's president, they ought to be loved and prayed for? How about that? How about this? We want to belong. They're struggling with their gender identity. How about we love them to Jesus? How about that? How about instead of making positions all the time and letting know what we believe, how about we love them to the one who can change them and it's Jesus Christ? Instead, we want to be right and wrong all the time. This is what turns people off to the church. And you and I and the world and followers of Jesus have allowed it to creep into the church and it begins so toxic for outsiders. Toxics. Look at what the rest of what, man, it's hot in here, isn't it? Or is it just me? I'm about ready to take some clothes off or something. That's weird. Don't record that part. Like cut that part out of the recording. All right. Dude, who did Jesus hang out with? Sinners. Prostitutes. Can you imagine if you found me hanging out with a prostitute? <laughs> you, you see me at a bar, what are you going to think? He's drinking, he's going to get drunk. Oh, you can, can you imagine the social media? Dude, I would be stoned to death, right? Instead of you don't know because why did I meet the person in the bar? Because that's where they know and I'm trying to introduce them to Jesus. I'm trying to get at the person's heart. Oh, you forgot that Jesus met the woman by the well where it was always where prostitution happened? You don't think the rest of the society looked at Jesus and thought, oh, he's being a prostitute right now. He's going to go pick up a prostitute right now. And I'm sure they did. But what was there Jesus for? He wanted to love them and say, how's your heart? And then go and love them. Go and love them. Here's how Paul finishes 
the rest of that story, pitting the Pharisee, the religious, against the sinner. He says this, I tell you that this man, that tax collector, that one that says, you know what, I'm a sinner, God, rather than the other, that religious that said, I'm better, I got pride, I've got arrogance, I'm better because I don't sin like the sinners, went home, what, friends? Justified before God, clothed with Jesus all over his dirtiness, his filth has now been cleansed, and he's right with his living God. And Jesus goes on and he says, For all those who, what are these two words? Exalt themselves, all those who puff themselves up, all those who have too much pride and arrogance, they will be humbled. Praise Jesus for that, right? They will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So my question for you this morning, where have you let pride, spiritual pride, creep in? Are you on the left side or the right side? Do you find yourself looking at those who don't look like you, who don't vote like you, who don't smell like you, who don't have the cool hair like you, or obsessed with shoes and watches like you. No, I'm not speaking about myself there. Okay, maybe slightly. Or are you sitting there saying, you know what? I see potential in them that they don't see yet. And I can't wait to let them experience Jesus and watch that ripple effect in, in their family's lives for generations. I want to close with this. Here's what I know about spiritual pride. It's this. Spiritual pride builds walls. Spiritual pride will lift up a wall between you and everyone else who's trying to follow Jesus or people who are on the fence following Jesus. Pride will build walls, but humility builds bridges. Yes, you sin, I sin. Yes, I'm trying to live like Jesus every single day, but I want you to know I'm not better than you because God loves that person exactly the same way he loves you. You're just transformed by Jesus. This person hasn't yet. And you know what? Something side note, a judging, because this is another thing. This is, this, is, this is week three, judging. What we tend to do is we'll judge those who aren't even believers yet and try to put our faith and our beliefs on them. They're not followers of Jesus yet. Why aren't they looking like Jesus? They don't know him yet. So stop putting your values and morals on them. How about instead of doing that, lead them to the one who will change them. Do you know there's times for judging and not? You are never to judge a non-believer. That's biblical. But when you do, you're to judge brothers and sisters who fall. Say, hey, I care enough about you. Remember Jesus in this moment because we need to pick you back up. Pride builds walls. Humility builds bridges. And I think if Jesus was here this morning, he would say, we got to get this slip, church. It's all about here first. Not about the outside, not about the do's and don'ts, not about what they're doing. Meet them at the heart level first. And then go love them. When you love them, you'll show who Jesus is to them. And they'll start making, hopefully, praise Jesus, that they'll start making those right decisions. This morning as I close, I want you to know this. 
This is just laying the foundation. Because there are people, if you don't get spiritually fired up for this series, you've got to understand that heaven and hell are realities. Our time here is like this compared to all eternity. And we don't have time to be toxic to outsiders. We can't afford the risk. And Jesus was willing to go into the tension where there's tension and religious people didn't like the tension, but he was willing to go into the tension and help people find him. Are you willing to do the same? Are you willing? Because I don't care if you're religious this morning. I don't care if you're not religious and you're just kicking the tires. Hey, well, I'm so glad you are here. Keep coming back. I don't care what political party you vote. I don't care this morning if you're highly educated or you're not educated. If you're black, if you're white, if you're purple or orange skin color. I don't care what that. I'm telling you right now, you belong and you are welcomed at Radiant Life. Because we want to have you, what we pray every Sunday morning is for people to experience Jesus. That's what we want to give to those who are churched and unchurched. It's just to give you a glimpse of heaven that I tell the praise team after I'm done in the back with them. Go give them a glimpse of heaven this morning. That's what we're called to do. Jesus was never about the external and the outward stuff. He was always worried about the internal, the heart. And Jesus was never always concerned about getting it right. He never, do you know, I mean, it's, according to Scripture, we don't have it. Jesus didn't sit there and say, hey, you got a, a disciples, the 12 dudes that I called to follow me? Let's go take theology classes first before I go send you off. No, he says, just watch how I love people and go do the same. Because Jesus was more about loving than being right. So this morning, I'm going to ask us to do, as I close, and the praise team is going to make their way in is I just feel like as we kick off this series together, that some of us are going to wrestle with some of these issues. Maybe for some of you, you're like, yeah, that, that's me today. I, I know I have that spiritual pride and that spiritual arrogance. For others, next week when we talk about hypocrisy, it's going to hit home. Maybe for others, when we talk about being judging, and that judgmental spirit we carry is going to hit home. And hopefully, bless God, come that final week in September as we close this series. Some of you who are sitting on the sidelines are going to jump back in the game and be on fire for Jesus. So what I want to do this morning, if you're willing, as I close in prayer, is I would like it, if you're, if you're willing, I don't want to pressure you, but just to put out your arms like this, because I, I really feel like I want, to, I want to pray a blessing over you in this series for our church. So if you're willing just to receive this blessing, just put out your hands like that, like you're receiving something. Because here's the problem. We can't receive what God wants to give us if we're closed all the time and have too much pride and arrogance and everything. Sometimes it's like, all right, God, I'm doing this. I'm here. So if you will, let's just reach out our hands this morning. I want to pray a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, as we launch into this series, as we kick it off this morning, whatever's toxic in our hearts, would you just rip that out of us? Because it doesn't look like you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, will you just come in and be the presence we need you to be? Will you come in and give us your eyes to see people the way you do? To look at the heart and to love them well, rather than looking at outward appearances and are they doing it right, are they not, and are we right and trying to not be wrong? God, would you just release those things? Would your Holy Spirit just speak into our own spirits? 
So I think you're going to do amazing things in this series, God. I believe that through and through. But it's going to start with us. Willing to let it all go. And allow your spirit to do what it needs to do in our lives. May this church, Radiant Life, not be toxic. May we love like you did, Jesus. May we love people to hell and back if we have to. May we love them. May they know that those are on the outside that we haven't even met yet that will come and to get to experience you. May they feel warm, may they feel welcome, and may they feel like they have a place to belong. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone together said, amen. Amen. You know, God is always moving, and he's always building kingdoms, his kingdom. And he's using people all over the world to do that. And I would hate to not be a part of that because of spiritual pride, wouldn't you? So let's live like Jesus and share his love and actually do that and not just say that. My name is Patricia, Creative Arts Pastor, and at this time we're going to take up our tithes and offerings. If you're new here, that might be unfamiliar to you or uncomfortable. We always use the phrasing here, you can sit on your wallets, there is no pressure to give. Uh, but you regular attenders, you get to see things like some stage differences up here, or you heard from Pam, just some of the come alive things that are happening. It's really through your faithful giving that you get to see all of that, and we get to be a part of that. And God is just using you to help build his kingdom and reach the community. And I just think that's an amazing thing to be a part of. So at this time, the ushers are going to come forward. And uh, after the plates pass, I'm going to pray for you. Would you mind standing as we close and sing together one more song? God, we are just so thankful that you are just constant, that you are a God who is moving always and that you, that you are building your kingdom and that you are reaching the hearts of the lost. And we just thank you that we get to be a part of that, that we get to be a part of that even when we're wrapped up in the toxic things. Would you just help us to not build uh, walls but to build bridges? And if we are building walls, God, would you just tear those down? Tear those down so anything that we are a part of is absolutely of you. We praise you and we thank you for what you're doing here at Radiant Life. Would you just continue to move in the community and move in our hearts so that our eyes and our hearts and our minds and our ears are all just aligned with you and what you're doing. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.